It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have a returning guest. Um, well, a uh, favorite of mine, I must say. The conversation with him flows really smoothly. Welcome back on the podcast, Ravi. Hello, Ajit. Glad uh, to be back. So this is Ravi from... Uh, the Guerrilla Cricket Universe, he's Ravi Nair, of course. And, uh, <laughs> well, we all also recognize him from his, uh, the pet Farzana, which uh, I think he has his own uh, account. Yes. She has her own account, I must say. She, she has her own account. Indeed. She's gone down right now, so I hope she's wreaking havoc with the cats down there oh. and not coming up to bother me. Fair enough. That's good. I mean, it's, 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 it's in the evening in India, and of course, cats are uh, nocturnal creatures after all. So, it's her day, yeah. so to say. It's her day. She just woke up. Indeed. Very nice. So, how have you been doing? How are things? I've, I've been doing fine. Things are fine with me. Um, it's the usual ups and downs, ins and outs. That's basically it. I mean, I've been suffering from uh, withdrawal of uh, English cricket because uh, my favorite broadcaster, the Gorillas, Gorilla Cricket, uh, are not on air. So I get no cricket, really, which is sad. But there you go. Well, there's plenty of cricket to be had. But indeed, I'm also waiting for the start or the official start of summer, as we call it, the English cricket season beginning. The county yes. cricket championship has begun, but the tests, right? So we're all waiting for that. Yeah, and the county cricket championship, to be honest, in April is a bit of a flurry of nonsense because the pitches are not really uh, up to scratch in April. Uh, they behave strangely. 
the sun is not out. I mean, people love it. It's a great tradition uh, for some people. My dad took me there when I was six years old. Wow. And that sort of thing uh, is what they say. But it's not great cricket, really. Even if you like the county championship, which I don't, you discover that, uh, uh, and uh, anomalous results. Uh, it only settles in, in May or later. Uh, settles down, rather, in May or later. So I, I don't even know if it's worth talking about the county cricket championship right now because anything that's happened mm. is going to be almost no predictor of what will happen later in the season. You might have that, right? Indeed, the most teams are very, you know, they take the first four games very carefully. And, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of rained off games. Well, you're right. Look, if you look at the weather in these parts, which is not very different. <laughs> I've already played one practice game and I can tell you it was a very weird day. It was 12 degrees to start <laughs> off with, warm when we batted, and it got chilly when we started fielding. And oh, yeah. catching was really tough. So I can imagine professionals also might find it tough. You know, I, I concede I'm an amateur, but professionals also might find it a bit tough. So, well, yeah. Remember, we've, we've seen, uh, even in May, the West Indies and Durham uh, having hand warmers and sticking there. Even in the field, they stick their hands in their pockets and we take them out to try to touch, catch the ball, mm -hmm. to stop the ball. It's um, Unless you're really used to these conditions, uh, it's difficult. I mean, the funny thing is, England invented cricket and spread it around the world through what we might call the Commonwealth. But the fact is, England is really the only country that plays cricket in the summer <laughs> and under such conditions. Most other teams are playing it either in their summer, like Australia and South Africa and New Zealand, or they're playing it in their winter, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. They, they might play in their spring, but they don't want to take the matches further into the summer because they, it's just, it just gets too hot. You've, you've lived in India, I presume. Yeah, so yeah. you know the heat, yeah, the, yeah. the summer heat, uh, which is ridiculous. So England is the only team that plays in the summer, which gives England both an advantage and a disadvantage. Because um, it gives them an advantage because they have the entire summer season to decide what they want to do and all the other teams kind of follow them. Uh, at least during the summer. During the winter, the, it gets very crowded, of course. But uh, mm. the disadvantage is that the English summer is a peculiar summer because you can't rely on the weather even at the height of summer. So you never know what's going to happen. And you always get people uh, complaining. Why, 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 why do they schedule it at this place at this time? They knew it was going to rain, you know, that kind of thing. Why did Manchester get a test? Why does Durham get a test? All that kind of stuff. It's uh, a bit silly, but uh, it's part of the English tradition, complaining about the weather here in cricket. Pretty much. I mean, I think complaining in general, I believe. But yes, for, <laughs> and cricket for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, there's no point talking about the county cricket championship right now. All right. Let it get settled down and then we can definitely discuss it maybe another time. Fair enough. So if you were to just go back to that test, the one test that finished. We'd spoken ah, about yeah. it in the last uh, episode, so I just want to continue. But it's been a few days in between, for sure. It's been a week or so since this test is completed. But, well, Ireland did ba give Bangladesh a little bit of a scare or not? 
Um, well, I'm not sure if it was a scare. Shaky one of some said afterwards. No, no, we weren't worried. We were sure we'd win. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, Ireland has played some tests. And the thing is, out of four innings, Ireland might be able to play two good innings in a test. That's about it. They haven't even strung three good innings together in a test. You know, bowling and, or batting. Against England at Lords, they scared them in one innings. That was it. But after that, they, they just collapsed. Against Pakistan, they scared them in one innings. Against Bangladesh also, they really scared them in just one innings. It's just a growth, I think. Look, uh, test cricket, I said it in one of our previous episodes. So the difference between even the, a three-day game to a four-day game or a four-day game to a five-day game is quite immense. So that growth you could only achieve by playing five-day games at the highest level. So that's what you would think they would be good for three days. Fourth and the fifth day, when actually the second set of innings commences, they will be a bit weak, right? So it, it, it's 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 a journey that you have to have. So look, also you making up you are making a point off air, right? So they have had <laughs> how many deputants? Five deputants this season? Uh, seven deputants? Well, absolutely, uh, absolutely. The problem is, uh, as I said off air, Ireland's best test team was probably the one of 10 years ago when they weren't even playing tests. Right now, they've had such a loss of talent. Uh, just through aging, uh, let's be honest, Kevin O'Brien <laughs> cannot play any longer. Niall O'Brien retired a long time ago. Things like that happened to Ireland. Now, when they had that great team, they pushed for test status. I, I'll be honest, I don't even know why Ireland did it. I don't know what prestige they got from their test status. Uh, I don't know what money they got. Anytime they play a home test, they're losing money. Probably away tests too don't make them any money. They're, I mean, these are all uh, scheduled duties that uh, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka coming up are doing. They, they have to fulfill their obligations to the ICC to complete the round of tests. But I don't know if anyone wants to play uh, Ireland. I don't know why Ireland got test status. In order to get this test status, they had to set up a, uh, a first-class network or set up in Ireland itself, which meant that their players became overseas players in England. So they can't play county cricket anymore without being listed as an overseas player, which means their opportunities are limited, which means the opportunities for development are limited. I, I believe Ireland would have been better off just sticking to ODIs and T20s. That's the future of cricket anyway, where the money is. Mm. Why did they even push for test status? Uh, I love I test cricket, but uh, I don't think it's a growth industry. I don't think test cricket is a growth industry. Look, um, it is more of a potentially a colonial hangover that um, Ireland <laughs> yeah. would have sought test status. Also... They have they have some history with their uh, close neighbors and you know part of their territory is still sort of English, isn't it? So with uh, all yeah, that with much. all that going on, it's 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 impossible to simply say why Ireland uh, had to push for it. I, I guess they were on a track and they just continued on the journey. It takes a lot of a lot of introspection to stop such a journey that you've been on for twenty years or so, right? Probably they just said, "Let's get there, then we'll see how it goes." Well, they've worked on this very hard. Remember during the first test, which Guerrilla Cricket covered, they did a lot of interviews with the Irish um, uh, administration, the administrators behind uh, Irish cricket. And they were telling us of the hard work mm -hmm. they put in 
and the thought they put in and all the rest of it. I still don't think they sounded like they'd thought it through enough. For them, it was just, oh, we've won the golden ball. We've got a test. We've got st test status without thinking what that would mean, really. So anyway, um, they've got test status. They played, what, five tests to date? Mm -hmm. They've lost mm -hmm. all five. And they're going to play their sixth and seventh tests against Sri Lanka, which they'll probably lose. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, I hate to say it, but I mean, Sri Lanka is a, a scattered, fragmented team these days, but it's still it's test veterans. They know how to play test cricket, and uh, they've, been, they've beaten better teams than Ireland. They have, and they're playing at home, so it's going to be a, <laughs> a very interesting um, experience if you are, let's say... Um, an Irish player to go and play in completely different spin-friendly conditions. But, well, you have to play. As I said, you can only grow that way. But look, unfortunately, yeah. it's a journey you have to take, right? Probably the first 15 years of your test um, test match uh, history will not be covered. As a nation. Will yeah. not be covered in glory. Yeah. Because... Uh, Unless you're Australia. Unless you're Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who won that or Pakistan. Time. I mean, <laughs> Pakistan won their second test. So, yeah. Afghanistan also won a test, yeah. right? So... It really yeah, but Afghanistan won against Ireland. Yeah, I mean, so it's, I'm not sure that well, that count. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, um, India lost for what twenty years exactly. or something before winning a test. Exactly. New Zealand lost for twenty years. Bangladesh lost. Uh, uh, absolutely, mm. but the problem is yeah. for Ireland at least yeah. that I don't think Test cricket is sustainable in Ireland. I'll be honest. I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah. So I don't see what the... When you say it's a journey, fine. They, they might journey, but journey where? To obscure it mm. eventually? Uh, but hey, they, uh, good luck to them. Uh, luck of the Irish to them. Uh, let's uh, hope they do something. Maybe they'll pull off a surprise against Sri Lanka and then I can take them seriously as a test nation. Well, a surprise is bound to come. I mean, whether it'll be in this tour already, I can't tell you. But look, you have to get to play. And losing to Bangladesh, they didn't disgrace themselves. You know, having no. Bangladesh score 138, coming back from behind, making enough of a total in better teams have given less of a target mm -hmm. sometimes when, you know, touring Bangladesh. It's it's not mm. against the, those pin-friendly conditions and in those against those set of bowlers. They didn't do badly at all. Shakib didn't really bowl much. But they still had a very good lineup. No, he didn't. No. So uh, that way, if you look at it, yeah. it's okay. I mean, for me, you're right. Where will this journey end is a very relevant question. But who could see that so early in the journey is the question also, right? Uh, just for the sake of it, if you don't take a journey, you're probably, um, as I said, many, many, many um, generations of cricketers who have dreamed, yeah. you're just shutting them off. And you might as well say, sh shut the youth program down. I mean, or change it, stop yeah. playing the longer format completely. Right? Yeah, uh, be like the women. That's my view. Hmm. But um, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I suppose they want to play test cricket. And so fair play to them. Good luck to them. What can I say? <laughs> uh, but no, okay. they, uh, they, they might have, uh, I think challenge Bangladesh is probably a strong way of putting it. But let's put it that way. They did challenge Bangladesh at least on one of the days, on the third day uh, of their mm -hmm. test. But that was it. Otherwise, 
they were 155 behind on the first innings. Uh, that was an example of the difference in charge between Bangladesh and Ireland. Mm-hmm. In the, the second innings, they managed through McBride and uh, Lorcan Tucker to score a decent innings. But that was the extent of it. After that, then uh, Bangladesh only had 130 to put on and were not making any big, uh, they weren't making a big deal of it. Uh, they were just doing it by the numbers, really. Mm-hmm. So one good innings they had, uh, Ireland. That's it. Well, at least to make 292 in the third innings of the game, they will take a lot of confidence, right? So there was a 100, there was a 72, and there was a 50. So, I mean, these are all yeah. positives. So I don't know if Ireland ever went to Bangladesh thinking they'll win that test. It was also like a rejig test, right? So they actually cancelled two ODIs and made a test out of it in the yeah. time, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So it was as per Irish request that Bangladesh you know, accepted. That was nice of Bangladesh to do that. That is definitely good stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to talk anymore about test cricket because you know my views and they're slightly incendiary. No worries. No worries. Uh, Look, but... We welcome all views <laughs> and that's the most important thing. Different yeah. views make up for a good journey, right? If everybody is to agree with each other, what's the point? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I'm right. sure that you want to come on to other topics. Fair enough. So, uh, so, I mean, before uh, we move away from this topic, really, if you look at Sri Lanka squad, well, yeah. Dikwela got dropped again. They've recalled Ebudenia. Okay. This is okay. Because now they're playing at home. They can sort of uh, play to their strengths with turning pitches. But mm. I, I think Dikwela got a little bit yeah. of a raw deal. He got one test in New Zealand. He didn't mm. do much. And he was dropped promptly. I think they have a couple more people uh, coming in the ranks. One is uh, Nishan Madush- Madushka. Nishan Madushka. And Sadira Samaravikrama, who is also yeah. a keeper in the in team. Ah, Samaravikrama, and, that's the name I remember. Yeah, but yes. they still have a Chandimal in their ranks, right? So they'll never lack for a keeper, let's just say that. So Dikwala <laughs> has to do more than just keep well, I guess. Yeah, he has to do more than keep well. Uh, besides which, he's, I'm sorry, he's got to stop being a dick. Wasn't he the one who was sent back from England? Because in the middle of the COVID crisis, he went out and smoked a cigarette in uh, a fountain in the middle of Durham or something. Right, right. Just for fun. You know, he, he has... See, the Sri Lankan board can easily work up its grudges on players because no one challenges it. Uh, uh, they, they, they don't have actually any real oversight uh, in the sense mm. of anyone watching over them. The Sri Lankan government is in uh, chaos. So uh, they do what they want. So you don't piss off the board if you're a player. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not being paid, you don't complain about not being paid. You know, if Dikwara did anything wrong, it might even not have been cricketing related. He would have been dropped. Just mm-hmm. because they can do it. And they'll say that. I mean, their team has... I, I don't know if they've played the same team for two tests in a row for the last three years. Probably not. Well, well, Kohli was captain. He didn't either. But that was by choice, I'm sure. This is more uh, autocratic, authoritarian, whichever word you want to use. But in any case, yeah. I would have recommended he be given a bit more time to show what he can do. One test back and gone, it seems a bit unfair on him. But also, mm-hmm. if you're that sure... Never give him a hmm. chance. It's okay. Give Nishan Madushka another test. Uh, he played the first of the test in New Zealand. Give him another test. Let him grow then. 
be done with uh, somebody like uh, dikwala or are they trying to teach him a lesson i wonder yeah i think they're trying to teach him a lesson besides which dikwala's what now 31 32 so he's not the future hmm. for sri lanka you know so yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so get, get the new guys in get another 27 year old in and hope he behaves himself that's what i think is happening <laughs> that's just... that is indeed the problem but um i dare say sadira samarvikrama is on a comeback but this nishan madushka is 23 year old is young and uh-huh. he did a decent job with the gloves i must say and also with the bat uh, he showed so, he can play so that's what uh, sri lanka wants and they probably okay i may maybe making this too much about board politics and stuff like that but they probably told him you're not indispensable so you better behave yourself mm-hmm. you're a 23 year old mm-hmm. you be- better behave yourself play well keep your head down don't speak up well i was hoping to get a sri lankan insight on this but i've not yet been able to but i would like to maybe there's something going on around behind the scenes which is we are not very clear yet yeah yeah exactly there is almost certainly a lot going on behind the scenes it's sri lankan cricket which has been a state of chaos for about 5 mm. 6 years now uh we uh, nobody knows exactly what's happening but we know that things are happening well the other thing is um i think they're trying to also become more accountable the board they're trying to you know uh, become a bit le- uh, less opaque more transparent with their uh, decision making and how they are uh, trying to you know run guide the things as things are coming through but i don't know how much Do you think so i hope so because or is that just i wash i think that's probably i wash <laughs> it's a kind of meet the new boss same as the old boss mm. uh it'll just be another way of doing the same things uh because see the subcontinental countries taken on democracy but none of them really understands it they understand autocratism and that's it all of them they really want strong men in power whether of their cricket boards or whether the the idea of democracy and accountability is alien to them uh they don't see the point but they've adopted it because they have to adopt it because the british said so and stuff like that but um they they're not really comfortable with democracy as an idea and accountability and stuff like that that's an incendiary thought well i don't know if it's incendiary think of it india's got a strong man in charge right now pakistan has chaos and strong man chaos and strong man <laughs> uh, bangladesh is the same sri lanka is the same uh they they just they go from ruler to ruler and they literal literally rulers they're not uh, heads of government mm-hmm. really and the indian board immediately is, is headed by who the home minister's son <laughs> i mean that, that that should just tell you what the state of cricket and cricket boards are the bcci is headed up by the home minister's son who was appointed there the courts the supreme court of india when the during the lalit modi uh, fiasco mm-hmm. uh, dissolved the bcci's board remember and it uh, uh, appointed a temporary board yeah yeah uh, which was headed up by the legendary diana edelji mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, they had a, if you remember they also had one of the comptroller generals of india retirees as one of the members of the board yes. a historian ranchandra guha exactly yes they had some decent people but they were not political appointees so uh <laughs> even though 
the ICC in theory says that no cricket board should have political interference. That just doesn't apply to India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan or Bangladesh. Uh, instantly, they got into power properly. The government changed the board and put its own appointees in place. Mm, mm, right? Mm. It's the same thing happens with Sri Lanka. Uh, you're not appointed to the board on merit or anything. You're appointed to the board on, depending upon whether the government likes you or not. And whether you can get things done, I suppose. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm really hoping that is why the people who are also in charge elsewhere like to take an interest. I mean, with a body like BCCI, you might also be talking of money, of course, and power and control. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So uh, anyway, uh, let's not talk about politics <laughs> and cricket. It gets really depressing. It gets very depressing uh, when we talk about it. subcontinental politics. You can talk a little bit more. It's okay. So today, since we don't have a whole lot of topics, mm. if you feel strongly about it, feel free to strongly about it on air. It's okay. Uh, no, uh, because uh, <laughs> the state of Indian politics, particularly because I live in India, is very depressing. And the state of the Indian board is just as depressing. I mean, the problem is that the Indian board has so much money coming in from the IPL. It can do what it wants and say, see, we're doing things. Hmm. So they can get away with it. Uh, so they can get away with doing anything else. Uh, the way they treated Kohli was rubbish. Yep. Uh, uh, I hope you agree with that. You're absolutely yeah. right. I think his unceremonious removal as the captain of the ODI team, uh, once he decided yeah. to retire from, or once he decided to not be the captain in T20s, that was not good. And from the tests as well, really bad. Yeah. And uh, he decided not to be captain of the T20s. Because he needed some time to get his cricket act together. But uh, once he did that, and he was probably uh, the best captain India have had. Because MS Dhoni was not a test captain, as we know. Mm -hmm. uh, Kohli made India possibly the best test team in the world. And now they've gone back to an even older man, Rohit Sharma. Uh, just mm -hmm. because he's more compliant. He does what the board wants. And he wasn't even guaranteed a test place until three years ago or four years ago. So it's, uh, it's a strange situation. I mean, when you talk about autocratic or authoritarianism, the Indian board uh, is a perfect example of that. They have at least a nice facade. If you're a, well, if you're looking outside and you know what's happening, but maybe the people that are in place don't want to talk about it. Mm. The people who are in place will not talk about it. What are they going to say? <laughs> we are authoritarian, we're autocratic. No. And the players who are involved in it, mm. um, see, that they have this patriarchal view. Uh, the typical, this is what I said about democracy, that they tell the players what to do and the players have to do it. Do you, uh, you don't, you're probably too young to remember in 1977-78 when Kerry Packer, started his World Series cricket. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? I know a little bit about it, but I wasn't there yet. Right. <laughs> no. uh, why do you think the Indians didn't join it? I think a couple of people did, no? Sunny Gavaskar may have played a couple of... Oh, those, those no, 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 no. Okay. No, the okay. Indians didn't play any World Series cricket. And Sunil Gavaskar was instrumental in that. He actually, for the first time as I a see. player, negotiated with the board and said, look, We've got this offer. We've got money coming to us. We can go there. 
but we won't as long as you guys pay us a decent wage for what we're doing. So there was a long negotiation between Sunil Gavaskar on behalf of the players and the Indian board, which resulted in the players finally getting a decent match fee for playing tests. I see. That was see. the first time Indian players got a decent match fee, and Sunil Gavaskar was kind of the union representative. And that's why India never lost a player to World Series cricket. It's also why India had a very successful period because they were playing against depleted test teams. Australia mm -hmm. and West Indies and England were depleted for those WSC years. So India had quite a good uh, time of it, particularly at home. Right. Uh, but even so, if you've watched um, that film, 1983, is it? With the World Cup winning Indian sport. Uh, you see from that, the conditions had not improved hugely. The Indian players weren't getting paid much. They were still running around on a shoestring budget. Uh, and it was only with then the rise of Tendulkar uh, and uh, the actual huge um, mm. sponsorships that the players got that becoming an Indian player really paid good money. If um, And that's why Tendulkar can retire and Mm. not be a cricket commentator. Gavaskar still has to be a cricket commentator because he didn't earn that much during his career. Tendulkar earned enough to just say, okay, I'm off. Bye. Look, you are from Mumbai. They're both Mumbaikers. You probably know better. But I think uh, Gavaskar has earned enough and more for himself and a few generations. I, I, yeah. I, I, think... I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe I... he's just doing it out of ego. But mm. the man is 70 now. Uh, oh, 74? Maybe? Exactly. More uh, than he was 70. born in 59. Easily he, more he than 70. He was born in 59. Yeah. Yeah. So he must be 74. Uh, he doesn't, he shouldn't have to do this unless he's enjoying doing it. I think he is. He still guides the the consciousness of how cricket is perceived in India, this man. His thoughts are very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, because um, I don't actually respect him too highly as a commentator, even though I loved him as a batter. He is my favorite batter of all time. If I can you, imagine. If I was to name my, my first and most favorite cricketer, it's Sunil Gavaskar. But um, as a commentator, he's, well, first of all, he throws the BCCI line too much. Yeah, yeah, Secondly, he's a he, yeah. yeah, he gets very repetitive. He's like boycott in the sense of having a few catchphrases that he keeps using. Uh, so, uh, he doesn't necessarily provide insight into the match any longer. But anyway, uh, that's my view. And I don't want Gavaskar's legacy to be staged. Certainly not by me talking mm. on Armchair Cricket Podcast about him. <laughs> I love, no, I love and respect the man for not just his batting, but for what he did uh, during the World Series uh, cricket uh, thing for Indian cricket. And uh, even for his, um, what's the word for it, uh, his obstreperousness, his refusal to back down. Remember in Australia when he decided uh -huh. to take Chauhan off the field when he was given out LBW, when he said he shouldn't have been out. Yeah. Uh, that, that anger, that desire to win was strong in him. And uh, he was mucked around by the board as well. He was made captain and then they took him off captaincy and put Vishen Singh Bedi in because he was uh, mm. too spoken, Gavaskar. Uh, and Bishan Singh Bedi oversaw the loss in Pakistan in 78. Uh, 
Tyson absolutely errant bad bowling and bad captaincy. But again, uh, that that is forty uh, years ago, over forty years ago. So let's not talk about it. Uh, but all right, Test cricket mattered in India in those days. Uh, test cricket, I don't know if it matters so much to the audience anymore. The uh, the IPL matters hugely. Test cricket, it matters to Virat Kohli maybe, uh, and uh, maybe some of the audience. I don't think attendances are necessarily up in Test cricket in India. Uh, I don't think only in certain places. I guess only in certain places, not everywhere. Yeah, well, and the, those places will be places that haven't had Test cricket for years, so this is the first and only chance to see Test cricket. So they'll go to watch it. I mean, I remember watching the first ever Test at Wankhede Stadium in '75, mm-hmm. India versus the West Indies, mm-hmm. uh, and even then the stadium wasn't full. It wasn't packed. It was a new stadium. Uh, it had just been completed. Uh, in competition with the Brabourne Stadium. Uh, and uh, you know that Wankhede uh, Stadium was built uh, because of Brabourne Stadium, the mm-hmm. cricket CCI. club of India, the CCI. CCI. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't play ball with um, uh, the Indian cricket board at the time. I don't know what it was called. It wasn't called the BCCI. That's, and uh, mm-hmm. they, out of Khunna, said, We'll big, build a bigger, a better stadium than yours, and we'll use that for test cricket instead. And that's how Wankhede got built. I see. And that's see. why Bombay has probably the two test stadiums closest to each other in the world. Not even Lords and the Oval are as close as Gabon and Wankhede Stadium. You can almost mm. literally throw a stone from Wankhede and hit Gabon. Well, not quite, but yeah. Uh, it's, I, I get it's, the point. They're but very, very close together. Very interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. I didn't know this. It was uh, what we in India call Kunnas. Revenge. Uh, irritation. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Wankhede got built. But uh, the point is, then Test Cricket was taken seriously. If you sat on a bus, you'd always be listening to the one man with the radio to his ear. Mm-hmm. And you should shout. Hey, Gaskar's hit a four. Hey, out. You know, and all of us would be saying, who's out, who's out, who's Aww. out? Sandeep Patil. And uh, all of us on the bus, if there were two men with radio, so much the better. So we would all be listening to AIR, All India Radio, uh, or to the guy who was listening to AIR and telling us what was happening. That was when Test Cricket really was at its peak in India. Now, since ODIs have taken over and franchise cricket has taken over, I don't think Test cricket is uh, as germane or as relevant to Indians as it used to be. Uh, certainly, mm. if you take a percentage of the population who's interested intimately in, in test cricket, uh, it, it's become smaller and smaller as the years go by. I Absolutely. Think. Absolutely. No, that is correct. And uh, there may be a comeback every now and then of a traditional test match fan, but by and large, a traditional test match fan in a country like India is on the way out. This is something to be acknowledged, right? Because test match is sort of a legacy of a time when we had such a lot of time that we could play five days, 40 hours of a game and call it a draw at the end of it, right? You cannot imagine this. And not just that, that hmm. people had the time to watch it and follow it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have an entire audience of leisured classes, of people with time on their hands. You just don't have that anymore. 
very much true very much true but before we move on just one counterpoint on what you were saying about kavaskar look right when he is not being a company man uh-huh. when he is talking freely expressing his own opinions candidly must say wonderful raconteur of cricketing stories oh i can imagine so, i i have n- never heard him but i can imagine because he is he is a very articulate man he was one of the first articulate cricketers uh, that india had someone who could actually speak english <laughs> seriously most of the indian cricketers english was broken and horrible uh, for an english speaker like myself it was horrible and then gavaskar came along and he spoke well he could actually read the newspaper and make you uh, enjoy it or read the dictionary as they say ah uh, he 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 not only has a very nice accent has a decent command of vocabulary yeah but you know there is this breakfast with champions program there's a latest ep- edition or one of the newer episodes where uh, gavaskar is interviewed right right i i highly encourage you to listen to that okay so breakfast where he's just champions. sitting and no agenda to talk of breakfast Bre- with champions yes right it's a podcast it's no. on youtube it's on youtube it's on okay. youtube so it's okay. it's like an interview like um, what do you call it uh, off the cuff interview with okay um, okay gaurav kapoor gaurav is gaurav kapoor right is he an actor he sounds like an actor gaurav no. kapoor sounds like an actor well he's he he has a television uh, presence he he started his career as a tv anchor in these programs that uh, sort of you know was the precursor to a game right that sort of like a host who is to right, sit and right, talk right, with uh, right. you know talk with cricketers and so talk with professionals and now he runs his own i guess i haven't seen him much on tv but he's um, also available he has his own program he has his own youtube channel and so on but right. this is pretty good right okay so i right. i'd like to see that back to our program i would say <laughs> ipl so the ipl mm-hmm. i think is um, i think it was um, mahatma gandhi who said too new to assess or something like that uh, the ipl mm-hmm. is just yes it's 17 matches in right now fair enough but those 17 matches tell us nothing about the team since none of them have played more than four matches each out of what they're going to play mm-hmm. 18 matches each this year uh-huh 18. so four out of 18 is and that's only two teams have played four the other teams have only played three right now except for today's uh, game that's just uh, right going on correct so mm-hmm. mumbai indians have done the mumbai thing they've lost their first two matches then they've won one now they'll lose the next mm-hmm. two then they'll win one two three uh maybe unless they do it like last season where they uh turn out to be utterly rubbish throughout uh i don't know uh we'll have to see but um hmm. rajasthan royals seem to be keeping up their form from last year but it's again too soon to assess who knows i predict that uh, gujarat will win again overall aha yeah it's that's a more, bold prediction it's modi's team they have to win at least their first three seasons ah. <laughs> they have to win at least their first three seasons otherwise modi will look bad are you telling me something that the establishment has some guidelines here which the rest of the teams may have to follow uh, i don't know i i hope not but certainly the intimidation factor of playing modi's team will play upon the other teams minds certainly the intimidation factor this is hmm. basically the prime minister's team no he doesn't know that i know that but he is from gujarat and all gujarati the modi do 
all of that has been mm. put together with him in mind or to praise him. And isn't aren't the Titans owned by Adani? Exactly. Yes, yeah. it is. And Adani and Modi are like hand in glove, aren't they? They they uh, they're like two fingers stuck together in the uh, good luck sign or fingers crossed sign. Uh, so uh, definitely, Adani mm. won't want to let Modi down by making his team or letting his team lose. So they they. The Gujarat Titans will do well. I am going to predict that they'll win, just because of that, for no other reason, for no other reason, not because of the quality of their squad mm-hmm. or anything, but they're, they're the team of the strong man of the country. He can't, they can't afford to lose. <laughs> That's it. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Uh, they're what fourth on the table right now. Correct. That they're doing pretty well. In any case, they they are placed pretty well in this game that is currently underway between. Them and, and uh, uh, Punjab, Punjab Kings. Kings, yeah. So and they uh, look like at least, yeah, yeah. Uh, Punjab Kings had a rubbish first innings. What did they make eventually? One fifty, one fifty-three, one fifty-three. So really, that's not a difficult chase uh, on in pitch with Indian sloggers. So um, mm. now you are. They are already in the eighth over, and they have sixty-three for one on board. Yeah, so they are pretty much set up nice, nice. Yeah. So um, the the thing is that they are a good-looking team. I I will grab that. I won't just be cynical and political about it. They are a good-looking team, but uh, they also have the force behind them. The force is with them. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Whatever you consider the force to be, uh, Rajasthan Royals are doing well. They're carrying through on. Form from last year, but again, it's only four games, so you can't really say whether it's this is true form or this is just the luck, because T20 is so much about luck, and fortunes can turn on the toss of a coin, on umpire's decision, on UDRS, uh, and all that sort of thing. Uh, that you can't really predict a T20 game. I, I suspect. This year, mm. Mumbai Indians won't be as rubbish as they were last year, and so therefore, I expect them to be in the top four. Gujarat Titans definitely, um, Rajasthan Royals probably, and I suspect Chennai Super Kings just because they've got form, they've got pedigree. I don't think the Lucknow Super Giants will keep up their current form. Mm. They're in the top two, aren't mm. they? Uh, they are the second yeah. ranked team currently. Yeah, right now on the table. So I don't think they're going to keep their form. But um, I could be wrong. Time will tell. Um, but the thing is, it's such a completely different game from Test cricket. Let me wrench me away from Test cricket. Talk about this, what we call sometimes the pajama game. It is fun. It is fun. Mm-hmm. I uh, don't deny that, and I do love following it. But it's a com- Completely different format, and you know. Okay, I'm going back to tests. I'm telling you that this T20 game is to tests like lawn tennis was to real tennis, royal tennis. I don't know if you've heard of royal tennis. Either. No, I don't. No, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> right. Tell me what it was. Royal tennis or real tennis is the original tennis. It's a game played in a room with balconies and walls. And they hit the ball around in complicated ways, and that was the real mm-hmm. tennis. And then someone in the 19th century decided to expand tennis and start lawn tennis. And the real tennis players said, 
ah, that's rubbish, that's not real tennis. But lawn tennis took over. And real tennis now is played by just a few amateurs, to be honest, who are enthusiasts. Mm. That's all. And I believe well, that is the future of test cricket. That's a bold prediction, but I don't... I don't think I can fully disagree with you in as much that it will be played by a much smaller subset of people playing today. However, I don't hmm. think it will be completely gone from the international scene. Maybe not. But as I said, test cricket in another 17 years, is my prediction, will be dead or moribund. Moribund simply meaning on the verge of death, but not quite dead yet. Hmm. Because, look, apart from England, Australia and India, no team in the world even makes money out of test cricket. It's not a growth industry. We keep saying we want cricket to grow and we want test cricket to grow and we want to see test cricket played around the world and all that. And we view uh, T20s and the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics as ways to get teams started to build them up to test cricket. That's silly. Mm. That is frankly silly because test cricket is not a growth industry. As you said, Having 40 hours to give up to watch a game is not something mm -hmm. a large audience can uh, do any longer. No large, there's no large audience for it. Uh, and if you don't have a large audience, you don't have money. You don't have sponsors. You don't... How about uh, televised rights? Yes, no, that's it. Sponsors, televised rights. Nobody has the time to do it. Uh, programmers put it on uh, their television, usually when they want to fill up space because it's a good time filler. But that just means they don't have good programs to fill the time with. Mm. It, it mm. becomes mm. daytime viewing, like cheap soap operas and things like that, that grandmothers watch retiringly. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so well, Test match might very well be a sport for retirees. Right? It is. It is. That's the problem. So unless... We make sure our retirees live long lives and have lots of money. They're not going to watch test cricket. Uh, and uh, uh, no working man can follow tests any longer. No working woman can follow tests. No working person. Sorry, I should have said person. Hmm. Uh, it, it's not Fair feasible. Yeah. Unless you're a professional or in the industry, you cannot follow tests. Fair enough. Fair you enough. Know, or, uh, or if you're someone like me who works from home, so spends time watching television while doing his typing and work because he doesn't have to answer to a boss. Mm. Fair enough. And mm. thanks to COVID, a lot more of us are working from home now than we used to. So uh, did COVID save this test cricket? I don't know. I don't think it has. But uh, there's the one thing I'll chuck at you, that a lot more people working from home can follow tests a lot more. Uh, but that's it. Uh, but apart from England, where the love of test cricket is genuine, mm. and Australia, where the love of test cricket is genuine, but they have a much, much tinier audience. I mean, uh, Australia is what, one quarter the size of England in terms of population? I don't know. Oh, I think so. I think so. Uh, Something like that. Or, or one third or one half, maybe. Uh, then consider the money going into the IPL from India's 1.4 billion people. And you just think, mm -hmm. okay, uh, well, England and India, nothing. The IPL is everything. That's where the money is in cricket. And if you want to create 
a sport where you see athletes at their best, which is what sport is generally considered to be about, talented athletes doing their best, you're not going to see it anywhere but in franchise cricket. Because guys like Jofra mm. Archer are not going to uh, put their body and soul on the line for five days in a test where they could get injured and break down when they can do it for four overs a game. And more and more, you're going to get the best players or the most talented and athletic players just playing short-form mm. cricket. And more and more, you're going to get an audience who prefers short-form cricket. It's conveniently at night time. Uh, I, I can get home from work, watch it on the television and shout to my wife, mm -hmm. if you will, uh, if you want the old cliche stereotypes to bring me the popcorn uh, and the jalebi. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> but uh, the point is that uh, test cricket just doesn't do that any longer. Uh, and I don't think it's going Fair to enough. survive. So, but well, back to the IPL. Back okay. to the IPL. You tell me what you think yep. of the IPL so far. So, uh, that was the, one of the things I wanted to ask you as well. Like, some of the teams have already started the way they have done for years. For example, if you just look at the table, you yeah. already see that um, RCB are in the middle, Punjab yeah. Kings are in the middle, yeah. Sunrisers are near the bottom, yeah. Delhi Kings, uh, Delhi Capitals and Delhi are near Capitals. the bottom again, unfortunately. No, uh, well, I don't know if you like Delhi Capitals. Being a Bombayite, I hate Delhi. Mm. So anything to do with Delhi doing badly, I love. <laughs> I love it. So okay. Delhi Capitals have mm. lost three out of three or four out of four. I just say, yay, two thumbs ups. But, well, they've been trying their best. It's it's not working out because I think in the last two seasons, they've lost a bit of heat. Before that, they were all right. They were, I think, finalists once even, right? Yeah. See, uh, Mumbai Indians and CSK have won the IPL the most times between them. They've won nearly, what, half right. of all the IPLs? Mumbai have won it five. More than CSK half. More than half. Three? Yeah. Yeah. That's eight out of not even 16 years. KKR two times. Yeah. KKR two times. Hmm. I dislike KKR for a while because it was associated with Gautam Gambhir, whom I dislike intensely. But uh, now it's LSJ, right? He's he's gone to LSJ. I think he made some interesting gestures towards the crowd in Bangalore I, he, uh, after they beat. He's an ass. Actually, since we're talking about the IPL, let's talk about the SA20. Mm -hmm. Now that has been for its first year quite a success. Absolutely. I think it caught quite a lot of the headlines. It was yeah. advertised and marketed very well to the local population. Yeah, and there was a craving for local cricket in South Africa that made sense to them. Their own franchise league, even though there were all the Indian franchises who brought into it, it didn't matter. Because, <laughs> yeah, mm. it, they, they, were all, they, they were given names like Titans and Super Kings and things like that, weren't they? Yeah, because... They were basically owned by the Indian franchises. But they got sponsorship and they got audiences, which was the important thing. And that is what will make money for Cricket South Africa. Not playing tests. New Zealand has given up on playing tests. They, they reluctantly play tests to fulfill their ICC obligations. They play tests, mm. uh, they schedule home tests just to fulfill their ICC obligations. But like most teams these days, apart from England, Australia, and India, uh, they do two test series, no more. 
because that's the minimum that the ICC allows for the World Test Championship. That's it. They don't want more than that because they're losing money. They mm. cut off mm. tests just to play ODIs or T20s because those make them money. And New Zealand is a tiny nation, four or five million people, maybe, maximum. That's nothing. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. one quarter of the population of Bombay, if you think about it. Yep. So Correct. for them to be able to afford to be one of the best rugby nations in the world and to play cricket is uh, asking a lot. I mean, they do it. They make the most of their talent. But mm-hmm. they can't support the audiences as well. How do you mean support the audiences? In the sense of they don't have the audience support because there are not enough people to watch the game any longer. Not test cricket. Ah, okay. Okay. Got you. Got you. So, but, but yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you another question, right? So you brought up the question of SAT20. And I, w- I have to ask you, what did you think of the Indian, this conglomerate of franchise owners who are going around sort of planting their flags everywhere. There's a picture franchise possibility. Is, is this a good thing? I don't know. Um, I'm always suspicious when India, with its autocratic mindset, goes around the world trying. You, okay, now I'm getting political. You're going to have to cut this out. But do you remember the case of a woman called Cobra Gaide? No, this is a new name for me. Uh, nothing to do with cricket. Uh, she was an Indian diplomat's wife in the US. Mm. Okay. Whose diplomatic immunity was voided because she'd been treating her servants like a ser- like slaves. Ah, I, I didn't know the name, but I know the story. Yes. The story yes, is about. Exactly. And the US said no. Diplomatic immunity doesn't cover slavery. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and she got into mm-hmm. huge trouble. And the Indian government tried to defend her and then stopped. Because the US has the said the case is clear. That is what the Indian autocratic temperament will do around the world. (laughs) If allowed, it will say, no, you are our slaves. It will say to all broadcasters, you will say exactly what we want you to say. You will be company men. It will say to all players, you will do exactly what we say. You will be company men. So that is very bad for the future of cricket. I don't, however, think this is exactly a direct... As long as BCCI is playing in India, it'll have all of these things to do. Yeah. But suppose there are there are these independent... I would call them businessmen. They just have a know-how of how to run the game. Yeah. Sort of maybe monetize it. Let me use this word. Yeah. Right? And most boards out there are probably welcoming them with open arms. At least in the UAE T20, the SAT20, they were welcome. Same in the US. Now the the UAE T20, right? I don't want to talk about. Because the UAE has its own set of problems political problems, and they're just as autocratic mm-hmm. as India. Now, the US is interesting. It will be interesting to see how the Indian teams cope with the cultural differences of the US mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, the, the Indian franchises, or cope with the Caribbean if they get the foothold in the CPL. They have already. Yeah, they they have. have. So, the, the problem is, you say they're independent businessmen, the Indian autocratic mindset coming up against Western so-called democracy will be interesting to see when the IPL franchises take over Western uh, UK, US, maybe the Netherlands, uh, who knows, uh, franchises. I don't think it UK will ever allow that. I don't know if Netherlands see, will ever welcome that. But yeah, the, the thing is, 
to a certain extent, the ECB is genuinely independent of the UK government. It does not answer to the UK government, right? right? It's an exclusive club made of 18 counties, the minor counties, mm -hmm. and for some reason, the MCC. I don't know why the MCC is involved in it, but the MCC... Rule-making body. Just a rule-making body. No, no, no. It has a vote on the ECB. Uh, just because it's a rule-making body see. doesn't... Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a vote. MCC has one vote on the uh, ECB. The ECB itself has there you go. vote on the ECB. Each of the 18 counties has mm -hmm. one vote each, and the minor counties have a collation of votes. That is how the ECB makes decisions. Now, a lot of people don't understand this. They just say ECB this, ECB that, ECB created the 100. Do you know why the 100 was created? Well, to make money, I suppose. Um, no, no. Of course, to make money. It had to be a money-making proposition. Otherwise, why would it start? But the ECB was stung by the criticism that there is no free-to-air uh -huh. cricket on television. That is, on the terrestrial channels, there is no cricket because all mm. of it, all the rights was were sold to Sky, right? Which is a cable I channel. I see. So they yes. came up with the idea, which they actually sold to BBC Two, that they would come up with a stripped-down competition. Uh, of T20 uh, cricket, which would be a mm -hmm. two-tier competition, whereby the counties, the 18 counties, would play each other, but in two leagues, right? There would be a Premier League and a second division, okay? And the mm -hmm. counties said, okay, we'll make money from it again, so we need money for our to play our county cricket, so we take this and the BBC said the games have to be short. You have to keep them crisp. And they said, fine. The ECB had got nearly to the end of this discussion process when one of the counties said, in conversation with all the others, hold on a second. What about local derbies? That's what makes us money. Uh, the local derbies, Lancashire versus Yorkshire or Middlesex versus Surrey, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, because we have two of them a year. And if we don't get them, then those are two of our biggest matches, our home games and our away games, where all our fans come to. Uh, so we can't have this. Uh, we can't uh, disrupt our T20 competition like this. We want it to be all against all. We can't have two divisions. Because if we're in different divisions, then we won't meet each other for a year. We lose two of our biggest games. So the counties voted against the, the ECB plan, and the ECB had to come up with something different that mm. would satisfy both the counties and satisfy the BBC. Mm -hmm. That's why they invented the 100, because the county said you can't have another T20 uh, franchise uh, or, or another T20 format because we're already doing T20. So mm. that's mm. why they invented the 100. Uh, it was nothing to do with the ECB money grubbing or anything. There is, uh, after all, it a noble just goal to get here, cricket to get it to back on free-to-air television as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, and that's why the ECB said mm. that it won't be county-based; it'll be franchise-based. You know, then, so that you guys have nothing to do with it. Uh, but the money will come so in through Modi, the ECB and come to you guys. I think pitched something like this oh, the ECB he, more than 10 yeah. years no, ago. No, no, no. Tell me. Or you something know? like 7 to 8 years ago when he was sort of persona non grata hmm. from BCA. Yeah. 
I think I think, I think the ECB had this plan for the hundred in its back pocket for ages. I don't know why, uh, but it just revived it and said, "Let's do it." So that's what happened, and that's why we have the hundred today, mm. primarily right. to get cricket back on free-to-air television. Because right. not everybody in I the mean, UK, if you have a BBC, you have a BBC has cable television, will do that. They right. all use terrestrial. Okay. I have an immense respect for BBC, so right? uh, that's probably the anglophile in me talking. Nonetheless, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the BBC mm-hmm. is fantastic, and but even if it were ITV or Channel Four, or for goodness' sake, Channel mm-hmm. Five, what the heck? Uh, do it. Get cricket back and free to air. You cannot have people saying, uh, as a lot of people do complain. Well, as you said, the British are complainers. We British complain too much. But uh, uh, you can't have people saying that there's no free to air uh, cricket. Hmm. At the same time, saying cricket needs more money. Eventually, the ECB is a not-for-profit organization. It is not there to profit. All the money that goes in goes out again. Well, neither is the BCCI, but all right, all right. <laughs> See, the BCCI is a separate organization and a separate kind of entity in some ways. How the ECB and the BCCI negotiate around the ICC table, I don't know. But it's like, right? You know, it's like people say the ICC should spend more money on mm. Test cricket. The ICC doesn't have any money. Anything that comes into the ICC goes back out straight to its members. In theory, yes, that makes sense. The ICC doesn't hold the pot, right? Uh, unlike the BCCI. So you were saying the ECB and the BCCI would have an interesting chat around the ICC table when it comes to how they want to split revenues. After all, uh, not just split revenues. How does the ECB, which is effectively a members' club, hmm. with Voting rights distributed amongst a number of counties who act so-called democratically, each voting for his own interests, come into contact with the BCCI that just controls its domain, its fiefdom. Every state, every franchise um, answers to the BCCI. Hmm. They don't dare say anything to it. The BCCI is not a member's club. The ICC is a members club because the ECB, CAA, CSA, mm. uh, and the BCCI and others belong right. to it. And they have to negotiate their way around the negotiating mm. table, mm-hmm. right? And they have to choose, you know, just like the UN chooses a secretary general, they have to choose a head of uh, the ICC. Uh, it might be a person from a different country each time just to give them all a chance. Mm-hmm. The BCCI doesn't operate like that. The ECB actually doesn't operate like that because it doesn't give members of the counties uh, uh, chairmanship roles. Rather, it chooses what it decides is the best person for the role and then lets them run with it. Okay? Uh, Cricket Australia is much like the ECB. But the BCCI is a law unto itself. Well, it has a constitution. It has constituent Uh, states, boards as their members, pretty much like ECB. No, it has constituents... Constituent states, boards, and members in imitation ah. of the, the ECB model. Uh, but it doesn't work that way. Mm, mm, mm. It doesn't work that way. 
uh, none of them. Uh, in, in, in the old days, uh, before it became the BCCI, it actually was, uh, there used to be fights amongst the states uh, and fights amongst the regions to see which would be represented by players in the Indian team. But that was back in the 70s and 80s. Yes. Where the, the South Indian states would say, you haven't got enough South Indian players in there. And the North Indian states would say, you haven't got enough North Indian players in there. And, and stuff like that. But that doesn't happen any longer. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, the best 11 play. But, uh, well, ideally. Well, ideally, the best 11 play, yes. <laughs> so, while we are discussing, looks like... Uh, you know, uh, GT may have uh, stumbled a little. They have given up uh, two wickets. That of captain uh, Hardik Pandya. Ah, right? right. And uh, also, yeah. the sort of well-set Sai Darshan gave his wicket away. Now, see, the thing is, all teams will stumble. I still believe GT will win this. Hardik Pandya is, uh, when fit, a huge asset to any team. He's one of the best T20 players in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. He's come back really strongly from his latest injury. Yeah, from injury. Uh, and even when he was injured, he was batting like a king. He just couldn't go. Now, he improved his batting beyond bounds. He yeah. represented India, right? Yeah. And uh, he's got over his early problems. Do you remember when he and KL Rahul were bad for, what, three months or a, a year, I think. Six months. Because a year or a, a year? A yeah, whole, whole year. year they lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of um, being stupid young men. Anyway, uh, we won't get into that. Uh, but Gujarat Titans. The Titans, not Thunder, aren't they? Gujarat Titans. No, no. They will, are the Titans. Uh, lose this game. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, they are the Titans. Look, um, required run rate is still under 10 to the over comfortably. And they have two hitters at the crease. Well, at least one can sort of hold one end up beautifully scoring at 130. Like in Shubhan Gill. But you have David Miller who can dismiss this match in three overs if he chooses to. Or if he can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Miller can. Uh, no, they've got, as I said, they actually do have a good squad. I uh, dismissed the idea of it earlier. But they do have a good squad. Uh, they have people who do things. So, um, they probably will. Oh, but even if they lose this match, they are going to progress to the qualifiers. I am strongly certain of that. Fair enough. But uh, unless this podcast mm. and this conversation lasts long enough to see the end of the game, well, uh, we won't know. No, nah, I think, look, that's one thing. <laughs> but the other one is that um, you're right. It's a well-put-together squad. It's led well, right? And sort of the leadership I see behind the scenes is very, very cogent. Nobody, I think... Really? That, yeah, yeah. I think leadership behind the scenes is very, very solid. Their coaching staff, it has Nehra. Their uh, background is solid. At the end of the day, you have to concede for a team to debut and win. No, no team since... I think Rajasthan Royals did it, right? They debuted and they won the first time. And last time, if you remember, the other finalists were also one of the good teams. It was KL Rahul's team, LSG. So I think it was Ara. So... Oh, no, 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 you are right. Last ah. Come on, Josh Butler. Yeah, yeah, no. Who failed in the finals. <laughs> who failed oh, in the yeah. finals. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That can happen. I, he, he took he had there, a fantastic right? season last year. So, um, and he's one of my favorite cricketers. 
just because of his big blue eyes. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, it was hard last year. Um, not LSG. LSG did well actually right. last year. They did quite well. Yeah. They did well. That's what I'm saying. So I, it stuck in my mind as if they're doing well. They came to the finals. They, no. they didn't clearly, but they did well enough. Yeah. That's the whole point, right? Actually, no. The point is, was the auction last year uh-huh. a fair one, or did they give too much advantage to the new uh-huh. teams by forcing the old teams to give up players and not bid for uh, their preferred players? Well, they were given four, four. Uh, they were they were given enough, given enough players to retain, right? So that the core of the team could be retained and something like this. At least that was the concept. Do you think it concept. was not perfectly fair? I don't think it was perfectly fair if LSG and uh, GT got such strong squads that they made it to the top of the table hmm. on the first time round. No, that was the chance that you know you had to take because otherwise you had these set teams who had these good players yeah. fixed in their places. And you would worry, then the two new teams would not get much, if anything, in terms of player availability, Indian player availability. Yeah, but I think they got too much. I think they got too much. I think they just did well I in the think, auction. Ah, uh, well, okay, fair enough. Fair I just enough. think that that's your view. Uh, I, I think I think there's a case to be made that the auction was actually unfair to the established teams, right. and it broke them. It broke them in half, and they didn't have. Uh, their built-up squad right. to work with. Mm. And if you build a team and it gets broken, it's very difficult to recover from that. Right. See, that way, you, know? uh, you may have a decent trust as well. That uh, they, they they did well. Or I don't know if they took the advantage when they were given. They were posted an advantage and they took it. They are led well. They are in a good position. And Gary Kirsten is the mentor. I remember. He's the batting coach ah. and the mentor. I remember another... Face there, it's Gary Kirsten. And Vikram Solanki from UK, he's the director of cricket. So they have a pr- pretty good team, both front and uh, behind the scenes, so to say. Hmm. So all in all, you're right. But I'm more worried about somebody like Delhi uh, Capitals because they have a strong team in the background, no doubt. They have a good they have a good set of players. But yeah, they are somehow hmm. still underperforming. And last two seasons has seen a bit of a dip for sure. They have a new captain. They have things changed. Their favorite player is no, not there, Rishabh Pant, right? Yeah. Do you have any news on how his, how his recovery is going? Uh, well, it's going good, but at least he'll not be available at least until after the World Cup. This is guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, well, he's out for then, the most of the year. I mean, given the given the horrific nature of the accident, mm-hmm. uh, that is a spectacular news. If he is available after the World Cup. Most people are saying early next year. Probably uh, sort of the back half of Indian cricket season. Uh, the, um, Indian season, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Early That's, January, February or whatever. Or March. Maybe for the next IPL. That, 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 would, be all right. that would still be alright, I would say. Because it's a T20 year after all next year. If he's yeah. able to come back in time for the IPL, do well enough, he might still get through. Right? All right. That Those were mostly all the news. Except one, that is... Well, I when I look at the record, I think it is justified, but it comes a little bit as a surprise that the whole coaching setup Stop. of the West Indian women's team yeah. is sacked. So the fast bowling coach, Corey Collimore, the batting coach, um, Robert uh, uh, Samuels, yeah. and the main coach, Curtie Walsh, all yeah. of them have been sacked. I mean, oh. when you look at their record over the last two years, it's no surprise. 
Well, uh, yes, their record is, look, the West Indies women's team, the West Indies women's team has relied upon uh, Stephanie Taylor and Deandra Dotlin for about 10 years now. Uh, those two pulled it up uh, with uh, their bowling and their batting uh, and made it a team to contend with. They're both getting old. West Indies superstar right now is Hayley Matthews. And the right. problem is that a number of these teams, see, what happened was the ICC told all the cricket boards that they had to take the women's teams on as well. They couldn't leave them doing their own thing. They couldn't leave them with their own board. They had to take them under the wing of the main board. Right? This was about 10 or 15 years ago. Mm. So all the boards have had to take the women's teams under their wings. Right. Yeah? What yeah. happened as a result is that most of these boards went the typical way of appointing male coaches. They didn't appoint female coaches. They dumped all the female admin and they appointed male coaches. Okay. They don't even okay. understand things like women have periods. Tammy Beaumont oh, has on. spoken. No, Tammy Beaumont has spoken very, very uh, eloquently about this. Not Holy about God. the male coaches, but about hmm. understanding women, female athletes, get periods, for instance. Now, that's just an example of female issues. Female coaches understand. Male coaches haven't a clue. They expect women to play like men, whereas women play like women. And right. you need, I think, experienced female coaches in place. Courtney Walsh is a lovely cricketer. So is Corey right. Collymore. But he might not understand women at all. And West Indies suffer from a dearth of cricketing talent right now, which is right. none of their fault, which is not the fault of Colin Moore or uh, uh, Walsh or anyone. But it means that uh, they're asking the coach to make chapatis from Maida, if you know what I mean. I know. You can always uh, make a knot. You cannot make... An eggless mm. cake. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, fair enough. Good call back but, to something we were speaking of here. Yes, okay. exactly. The point is that you need the talent as well to make them rise. Now, Hayley Matthews is a global superstar already. I'd say she's 24 only or mm -hmm. 25 at most. And she okay. is uh, bloody brilliant. But apart from her, the West Indies have talent, much like. South Africa. South Africa has Marishan Kapp, who's in her 30s, Shabnam Ismail, who's in her 30s, and... Uh, Sune Luz is there. Sune Luz is... Um, I'm not... I think late say she's a, she's, I'm not, But I'm not going to say she's a global superstar. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. Right? All right. Right. Uh, Ayabonga Kaka, she's not a global superstar. The problem is South Africa has two women in their 30s, and that's it, to take them up the ranks. New Zealand had for years Susie Bates, uh, but the point is, Australia, you can just reel off the names. England, you right. can reel off the names. You can name I mean, eight people who would be in a team. Uh, in any, any team in the world would 
grab them. India now has a, at least five or six names of women right. that you would right. put in, you would want in your franchise team, in your WPL team. Right? Absolutely. Whereas for West Indies right now, it's only Haley Matthews. If they don't have talent, no number of coaches in the world will change it. Good point. Good point. But more importantly, look, it also falls upon the board to try and unearth the talent. That's the most important thing. And once the talent is found, have a right, you know, right set of people who can manage it so that it's not wasted. Okay. Now you talk about the board. We really do. We really want to talk about the West Indies Cricket Board, the WIC. Well, that's that's another. Uh, that's another <laughs> exactly, podcast. it's a whole. It's like opening a can of worms. We'd be here talking for an hour about it. Okay, um, fair enough. Because let's not forget that the West Indies is the only cricket team in the world made up of different countries. They they don't share governments. Okay, there are what five, six different countries involved in the West Indies. Yeah, I think so. It was a fake cricket team put together by England, as it were. From Guyana in South America, from Guyana in South America to near to Cuba. uh, These are different countries, Jamaica, Bermuda, uh, all of them. And the fact that it exists at all still is Mm. a miracle. It is something to be thankful for. Because mm. they've given us such spectacular cricket, whether whether it's Shivnarayan Chandrapur from Guyana, Brian Lara, Bill Richards, Barbados, uh, Jamaica, it's been a fantastic cricket team. But maybe we shouldn't expect it to last. Maybe mm. we should have the individual nations forming their own cricket teams. I don't know. Because the West Indies Cricket Board is driven with factions from these various countries, all the people competing, say, look, Bermudans want more, Barbadians require more, Jamaicans want more, Guyanans want more. Uh, how do you how do you hold it together? The West Indies Cricket Board has been in chaos for years. Mm. It's never been truly functional. I mean, in the great days of Clive Lloyd and Viv Richards, uh, because of the success they could paper over the cracks, but the rivalry between the nations... It was the individual, I think. It was the individual. Yeah. You know, the, there's always been rivalry. There's always been some sort of, you know, uh, the differences. That will never go away. Because you're right, it's a region. It's a regional cricket team. It's not a country cricket team. It's not a country. Uh, the, the point is, it, it's not the individual. It's the individual team that was put out at the time that held these people together. Once that started to fall apart, even in the era of Brian Lara, Walsh and... Hmm. Courtney Walsh and Curtly Ambrose uh, in the 90s. Right. Uh, they they were just about holding together. Shiv Narayan Chandapal was always this crotchety bugger mm. who nobody liked, but they couldn't keep out of the team because he batted so well. You know, it was stuff like that that we thought that India had problems with the various regions, say Tamil Nadu saying, no, 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 we want more players in the team. And Bombay saying, no, we want more players in the team. And Delhi saying, we want more players in the team. Can you imagine what it must be like in the West Indies? Uh, It's it's crazy. Absolutely. It's absolutely crazy. And so that the board is not really functional Mm. is not surprising. (laughs) Um, It's just not surprising. 
And if they make decisions arbitrarily to sack people, whether or not it's their fault, mm. just because the team isn't performing, right. even though it's obvious the team doesn't have the talent, mm. you know, you just have to shake your head and say, well, that's the West Indies. That's what they do. You know, it's like our discussion about the Sri Lankan board. Mm -hmm. It's what they do. <laughs> they, they are arbitrary. That's what they do. Fair enough. Before I let you go, one last question. Did you get to see that five sixes of five balls to finish the game by Rinku Singh? I only saw the highlights. I thought, but I only saw the highlights. It's quite something though. Even in the highlights, never have I seen at any level. Look, even when Brathwaite hit those sixes, they were the first four balls of the uh, over. And right. in both yes. cases, with four required of uh, three balls, he hit a six. But in this case, with four required of the last ball, he hit a six. So, to actually finish <laughs> the game with five consecutive sixes, that's quite something. But those five being the last five balls of the innings, I don't know what to say. It's very much close to I, hitting I, six of six, isn't it? Well, six of six has been hit in T20s. Uh, our own dear Stuart Broad got them hit up in by... Uh, hmm. Yuvraj Singh. Our, our, uh, our own Yuvraj Singh, indeed. Our own Yuvraj Singh, our own Stuart Broad. Uh, and, and six sixes only haven't been hit in a test match now. In first-class games, they've been hit twice. In T20s, they've been hit at least once. In ODIs, Herschel Gibbs has hit six sixes in, a, Unfortunately, to a in, a, in an over. Touch leg break bowling. <laughs> but um, the point is that it's not that that matters to me. What matters to me was his nervousness under the pressure of the situation. That Absolutely. he had uh, 28 runs to get hmm. in five balls. And he decided, well, I have to hit sixes. And he went for it. Uh, and that's what I like about the hmm. new breed of Indian players. They might not be as consistent as Kohli, but they will be fearless. They will hammer it when they need to. Absolutely. And we can see in the older generation, Kohli's generation, uh, or even older, Dinesh Karthik also does that kind of thing. But he's the only one. Mm -hmm. uh, the others, the, the point is not that it was five sixes in an over, or the last five sixes, or the last five balls of the over hit for six. The point was it was the last over of the match and he needed every one of those. Well, he needed mm. four in the last. But he needed every one of those to win the match. And he hit every one of those. And that is... Remember, was it last year or year before last when um, the other young man from... Uh, was it Delhi Captains? Uh, hit uh, three sixes to end the game? In the last over again? Was it... Ah, I can't remember anymore. This is how many thrillers apparently IPL churns out. That uh... <laughs> Well, yes, it, it does churn out thrillers. And that, that Rinku Singh match, because we're always going to call it the Rinku Singh match from now on, uh, was uh, a, a spectacular thriller. Yeah. Um, and it, anyway, uh, that's another topic for another conversation altogether. Mm -hmm. So I leave it. But it just shows what range hitting and power hitting Absolutely. can give you. That's what I was going to bring you. You know, though some of those shots were not really all classic shots that were to travel the distance. Some of them looked like they were manufactured. There was one over extra cover. There was one behind square that was almost like a sweep. 
the bowler lost his plot for sure he bowled a bunch of full tosses was never a good idea yeah. he he completely lost his plot but to still put five balls away for five sixes that's quite something isn't it and as i said or as you pointed out there were manufactured shots in the sense of he had the power to do it and he had the confidence to do it in his power he knew that even if i miss hit slightly it's still going for six absolutely and i think uh, you have to also give credit right if you were to even set it up probably people can't hit five sixes out of five even against a bowling machine where <laughs> you, you can get yeah, the ball yeah, bowling yeah, 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 to yeah. you where you like it um absolutely but as you flash things show it's possible to do it oh, yes. as herschel gibbs showed it's possible to do it as gary servers showed and ravi shastri showed it's possible to do it yeah. when you're in the mood yeah yeah but Uh, in these circumstances it was quite an incredible feat and uh, hats off to the man you know what i bet he's not not going to play for india ah <laughs> he is going to be remembered for this for this one spectacular moment i do But hope he gets this he's not going to be considered uh, well uh, i i'm going to guess he's he's going to be one of those ipl freaks mm. and you know what my own theory this cricket nationalism mm. let's enjoy franchise cricket for what it is let's make krinku singh one of the legends of the ipl fair he enough. doesn't have to play for india fair enough fair he enough. doesn't have to play for india mm. to hell with it <laughs> just let him be let him be a hero where he stands oh he already is probably because his journey when you look at it <laughs> from from his humble beginnings to where he is today he already is a hero the day he played his first game i think uh, possibly uh though humble beginnings also is a topic for another conversation fair enough because india has far more humble beginnings now oh yeah than it used to have absolutely, absolutely. uh, uh so uh, that's another conversation uh but it's too long for this podcast <laughs> fair enough nonetheless i mean it may have gone long it may have been a little bit uh, meandric spicy but does it really matter <laughs> oh no, but doesn't matter really i really enjoyed this conversation as always has been wonderful having you and i think it's been too long between episodes too long next time probably i'll try and invite you a bit earlier but sooner yeah <laughs> a bit sooner yes fair enough uh no your invitation was early enough for me i All enjoyed right. it yeah. that's good to know that's good to know thank you very much i wish you a wonderful evening and also i wish a wonderful evening to all our listeners excellent uh goodbye listeners it's been wonderful chatting with ajit and i wish you a wonderful evening morning afternoon whenever you're listening to this perfect thank you very much bye 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 this is the armchair cricket podcast